Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. So today's video is going to be the long-awaited part two of my female autistic traits series. This video, you guys, is my most watched video on my channel. And I'm really not surprised that it is because Autistic women have been historically underdiagnosed and misdiagnosed. I feel like we're just now on the precipice of a huge movement where a lot of autistic women are starting to discover and understand their autism more and more, what that specific spectrum looks like to them, actually seek and get diagnosed. And it's because of videos of other autistic creators online. I am just happy to be a part of that movement. I'm happy to be a part of your journey if I helped it at all. Of course, this goes without saying, these traits are not specific to women and, and femmes. If you find yourself relating to one or any of my traits, it, it's genderless. It's just for the sake of algorithm and for the sake of making things simplistic and for the sake of making it easier for others to find my channel, I title my videos like this because I identify as a woman with autism. I'm by no means trying to categorize any of these traits of mine as only specifically female traits. With that being said, let's get into today's video. All right, so I wrote down a bunch of my traits on a piece of paper and I'm just going to pick up from where I left off on my last video. If you haven't yet, check out part one. So one of my autistic traits is I like to visually stim by shopping. So what does that mean? Because this isn't just normal, like browsing through a bunch of stores online and trying to window shop. I'm sure a lot of people like to do that but I'm gonna try to explain how this is specifically one of my autistic traits. For me, a lot of the times when I'm browsing online for certain items, it's not with the intention of purchasing something. It is purely with the intention of visually stimming and to reach this meditative flow state. So it's very calming to me and it makes me feel very soothed and the reason why I feel very calmed when I'm window shopping is because when I'm window shopping, I do it with a very specific goal and intention in mind. What I do is I will go through my favorite websites every single week. I just go and I comb through their website. I look at whatever they have new. I check that out. I go back and look at the items that I saved and I just like to look at it. I don't know why I do this. It's just like a sense of comfort, I think. I like to go through those items that I saved and just look at it and think about how nice it is and visually stim. And I don't necessarily have the intention of buying it or else I would just have a house full of things all the time and I would go bankrupt. Sometimes I'll have an intention for that item like, oh, if I hit a certain benchmark in my life or if there's a certain occasion, I'll come back and I'll purchase this item. But little does anyone know, I've been looking at this item every week for like months prior to purchasing it. Another thing I like to do is I like to go through these websites and look for a specific item that I have in my mind and try to look for something similar or exactly the same as the item that I envision in my head. 
and I always have very, very specific ideas of what I want to look for, like the texture of the fabric, the color, the type of item I'm looking for, you know, things like that. And this part is what really, really brings a lot of fulfillment to me. There's all these books when I was a child where you would look for items and those specific books just brought such a deep sense of focus and concentration out of me that nothing else could. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm such a visual person. With the autism as well, having a clear objective as to needing to find something specific and being able to look and comb through things in order to find that one item is so satisfying you guys there's times where i'll be looking for one specific item and i won't find it for months and with consistency of just looking every single week for months i'll find something that is exactly what i'm looking for and a lot of the times i don't even purchase it it's just the satisfaction of finding that thing that i was looking for and then i'll move on to the next thing a lot of the times autistic individuals like to have clear objectives and a clear idea of what they need to do and why they're doing it and have a method as to how they're doing it. And so this is just one of the ways I like to stim essentially and draw out that sense of focus and calm within myself. And one of my favorite brands that I love to keep my eye on and I Genuinely, genuinely, I go and check this brand at least once a month is this jewelry brand called Ana Luisa. So one of my special interests that I developed a few years ago is my love for simplistic, elegant gold jewelry. I feel like a lot of the times it just adds that little oomph to an outfit and I'm definitely someone that prioritizes quality over quantity because it's like a sensory thing. I don't want to deal with jewelry going green on me and getting all gross and gunky and I have to maintain cleaning it, things like that. That's why I've always been the type of person to shell out extra money to get a few pieces that are going to last me years and I don't have to go through all the trouble of maintenance. I purchased a few necklaces in the past from different brands and they were super, super expensive, like a couple hundred dollars for one small little necklace. Not to say that it wasn't worth it, but a lot of the times normal people don't have money to be buying a couple hundred dollars worth of jewelry whenever they want to, right? I know for a fact, I don't have that luxury. I actually came across Ana Luisa a few years ago because I would always hear other YouTubers that I watched talking about the brand. And so I thought I would go take a look. Little did I know I would get hooked onto this brand and it would become one of my favorite brands that I would check on every single month and stim. And I purchased my first Ana Luisa necklace a year ago and you could see it in my other videos it's this green necklace and so many so many so many people ask about this necklace because it's so simplistic but it looks so good and it catches your eye i had that green necklace for the longest time i wore it every single day for over a year and i haven't had any issues with that either because i fell in love with not just the quality but the way they looked as well. If any of you are interested in their jewelry, go take a look, go take a browse, let yourself stim. I will leave a link to their website down below. Please go check them out. And if you guys find something you like on their website, you can use my code IRENEC10 for 10% off of your purchase. 
Moving on to the next trait. So another really interesting trait that I have is that I'm very, very OCD about bathrooms and mildew, wet things. So I know a lot of people use the term OCD very loosely nowadays, but when I say I have OCD tendencies, I am very serious about it. Like it's a clinical thing that my psychologist diagnosed me with. But the interesting thing is, is that when he diagnosed me with the OCD, he said it was specifically in correlation with the autism. It's not its own thing. So let me kind of get into that a little bit. I don't want to get too much into it because I want to make another video about it. But within the context of this trait and the bathrooms, so when it comes to bathrooms, I am very, very specific about the way it feels, and the way it smells, the light, and the cleanliness of the bathroom. When the bathroom isn't meeting up to my standards, I literally can't be in it, I can't use it. And so this is a part of the autism and part of the OCD, like the rigidity. In the past, when I went to visit a friend, for example, and I stayed with her for a week, her bathroom, you guys, I love her, but her bathroom was so dirty that I could not use it. I literally could not use it, you guys. I, I could not shower for that whole week that I was there. I had to actually go to the convenience store and buy myself a bunch of baby wipes and dry shampoo because I could not bring myself to use that bathroom and use that shower and just step foot in it, barefoot, all that stuff. In my childhood home that I was raised in, it was really dirty all the time as well. The drains were always clogged and so the water would drain so slow and, and so all that gunky water would just be stuck there for like 30 minutes before it would fully drain. Or when you're stepping in the bathtub or shower, the water would just fill up with gunk because it wouldn't drain and you would just be ankle deep in dirty water. The ground, if it's not clean and if it's really cold, I do not like it. I need a clean carpet to be on the bathroom floor and the bathroom floor to be clean as well or else I can't step barefoot in there, which you have to be barefoot in a bathroom. Um, that's why a lot of the times I find myself just completely avoiding a bathroom if it's not up to my standards because I can't even feel safe and clean in it. So why even be in it in the first place? And so ways I would stay away from bathrooms that didn't meet my standards was not showering at my friend's apartment, for example. That's something that an holistic person probably wouldn't do, you know? Not to say non-autistic people won't be grossed out by dirty bathrooms. It's just the fact that it it like grosses you out so much that you will go through not showering for a week just to avoid it. You can't bring yourself to do it, right? And as well, in my childhood home, I would wash my hair in the sink if I had to wash my hair. I would sometimes even avoid washing my hair completely and my hair would get so oily and gross. And I didn't realize that this was an autistic trait until I was diagnosed and started to reflect on all of my unique symptoms. Um, and what really like solidified this for me is when my 
partner started to live with me and we share a bathroom now. For many, many years before I started dating my partner, I had my own bathroom, right? And so I could keep everything the way I wanted it to, the cleanliness and everything. And I never had a hygiene issue when I had my own bathroom. Once my partner moved in, it was like a really big shock for me. I wanted to keep all of our things separate. When he first moved in, he just kind of merged all of his things with my things. And immediately I did not like it. I was extremely uncomfortable with that. I had to separate all of our things. This is my side, this is your side. And sometimes when he would put like a soap bottle or his toothpaste on my side, I literally had to bring him into the bathroom and say, hey, this is my side. Why is your toothpaste on my side of the sink? Or why is your shampoo on my side of the shower? And I didn't realize that I was so specific about these things until I had to tell him to stay on his side of the bathroom essentially and he you know brought that up to me like why are you so particular about this i guess like he was just telling me other people don't really have issues with it normally and so that kind of made me realize yeah that's actually true i am very very particular about it and when i was diagnosed with autism i kind of like put the pieces together as to like that is one very specific thing where my autism really comes in I get really, really bothered as well when he has a beard and, and all that stuff, when he shaves and all his facial hair is not fully cleaned up. I literally have been that type of girlfriend, you guys, where he has one or two pieces of beard hair on the sink countertop and he tried his best to clean everything and I will literally bring him into the bathroom and be like, what's, what's this piece of hair doing here? Why is it here? <laughs> And, you know, that's one of those things that we definitely had to overcome slowly when we first started dating and living together. It could be very overwhelming for him to have to learn how to keep everything the way that she wants it to. And yeah, I deep clean my bathroom like once a week. I also am so, so, so OCD about the smell of the towels. I can smell mildew from miles away. It, immediately I could smell mildew. Whenever I travel and I stay in an Airbnb, immediately I can smell when there's mildew in the apartment or the tiny home or whatever. All of this to say, I am so, so, so particular about bathroom cleanliness and just the sensory experiences of a bathroom. So another interesting autistic trait that I have that is another aversion is I get really, really bothered by the way certain people enunciate their words. This one, I know you guys, is so dumb. It's so stupid and insignificant. And every time I bring this up to someone around me that is listening to the same person talk, and I'm just like honing in on the way their S's sound, for example, the person every single time is like, I don't really hear what you're hearing. And even if they do hear what I'm hearing, it doesn't bother them. But it, it seems to like really vividly bother me for whatever reason. And some of those aversions are, I really hate it when someone's S's are so sharp that it sounds like a whistle. I searched far and wide throughout the internet to find examples of what I'm talking about. I hope you guys can appreciate my hard work and be able to actually hear the things that I'm describing. So with that being said, if you are sensitive to the same things, maybe this 
part of the video is going to irritate you the way that I get irritated. So just warning about that. Anyways, enjoy. Together. Let's see what else. Little setting spray section of primers. Blush as a concealer. This is not primers. That's not setting mist. New Superstay Concealer. Investigate. Obviously, the makeup section is so lots of options here. I also don't like it when someone's voice sounds. I like to call it the Kermit the Frog voice, but sometimes you could hear in someone's voice they're speaking from the back of their throat. I'm gonna try to imitate it for you guys. I'm sorry if this bothers you. But for example, some people like to talk from the back of their throat and it kind of sounds like this. Sell your car. We're Carvana car and buying a car 100% on your car. I could talk to, I mean, I'm, I have a box this week, which is broccoli, what IV has donated. But for me personally, you hear it a lot in commercials. Sometimes certain people in actresses and whatever will talk like that as well. And it really, really bothers me. But yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with just like the way it makes my ears feel. It, it literally feels painful for me to listen to it for whatever reason and I cannot watch something if I can't stand the way someone pronounces their words or the way their voice sounds. And piggybacking off of that trait, I find myself mimicking and echoing back a sound that I find annoying because I feel like the reason why I do this is I'm trying to figure out in my head why someone sounds like that. And so I try to imitate it myself to almost like put myself in their experience. I think that's my way of also logisticizing why they sound like that. And then a lot of the times when I do this, it just makes myself even more frustrated and mad because it is not comfortable for me. So I'm just like, why does this person sound like this and talk like this if it's extremely uncomfortable? For example, when I talk like this with my voice and I try to talk from the back of my throat, I just feel super, super uncomfortable. And so a lot of the times when I listen to podcasts, watch a movie or watch a TV show and I hear someone talking in a way that makes me really frustrated, I literally can't keep myself from being quiet. I'll literally just be like saying the same lines back to them out loud. And I didn't realize I did this either <laughs> until my partner pointed it out because we would be watching something or I would be watching something and then he will be next to me or in another room and I'll literally be saying the same lines out loud in the same ways that they're saying it and my partner would just be like what what are you doing and then because I'm forced to have to explain it to him I'll be like oh uh I I'm just trying to like imitate this person I think this is super super common in autism I think it's called echoic like the ability to echo and mimic back. And I think a lot of autistic people, whether you're aware of it or not, I definitely wasn't aware of it within myself, but we like to echo back what we hear because it's a way to stim and it's a way for us to process things. So another one of my autistic traits, and this is also my special interest, is that I need to know everyone's zodiac signs. I cannot move on sometimes with 
a conversation or ingesting content without knowing what the person's zodiac sign is. So for example, just last night, my partner and I were watching Shark Tank and I had to search up all of the shark's zodiac signs. Whenever I watch a movie, I need to know their zodiac signs. Whenever I meet someone new, I need to know their zodiac signs. When I was getting evaluated by the psychologist for the autism, I needed to know his zodiac sign. I needed to know his wife's zodiac sign as well. I needed to know all of my friends' zodiac signs. When I was dating, I needed to know all of my dates' zodiac signs. I feel like a big reason why I started this special interest was because it was a way for me to understand and learn about a person. Let's say they don't believe in zodiac signs and they don't have many traits similar to what their zodiac sign is. That's totally fine, but it's at least a conversation starter. It's at least a baseline for you to be able to talk about what a person is like with them. And that is something that makes it a lot smoother and more interesting for me to have that sort of conversation with them. But I think over time it also developed into a thing where it's almost like that compulsive OCD tendency as well. I just need to know someone's zodiac sign. I don't necessarily do anything with that information or look deeper into it. Like why are they a Pisces or why are they a Taurus, whatever. It's almost like I have a dictionary at this point in my brain. I guarantee you guys, if you just asked me what a, a person's zodiac sign is, like a famous person's zodiac sign, I probably know it. I have hundreds of zodiac signs remembered at this point. When I like something or someone, I just wanna know their zodiac sign so it's there in my head. And I just like wanna keep that list going. It's more so about that at this point. When I am able to find out someone's zodiac sign and have that knowledge in my head, it's just like this sense of peace and knowing that it's there and I could just like move on with my life. Another autistic trait, which is also a special interest is that when I like a movie or TV show, I like to experience it over and over and over again. And I like to dive in deeper. So for example, when I like a movie and let's say it came out in theaters, I don't just go and watch it once. I've watched the movie Inside Out probably six times in theaters when it first came out. And that's not even counting the amount of times I watched it when it became digital. A lot of the times people don't like to rewatch things because they've already experienced it. And people always tell me all the time, once you've experienced it for the first time, it's just not the same. But for me, it's, it's not like that at all. I like to re-experience things because when I like something, the experience does feel just as amazing and intense as it did the first time, which is why I want to experience it again and again. And if anything, I like experiencing things again because I know what to expect this time and I could just like get the satisfaction of knowing what's gonna happen and then experience like the little differences. For example, when I go watch a movie in the theaters the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth time, there's gonna be different people in the theater, so there's gonna be different reactions. So it's nice to go into the movie knowing exactly which parts are gonna get most reactions for people and to be able to witness and experience the different types of reactions to the same scenes. And as well, I always brought a different friend to watch the same movies with because I wanted to see their reactions as well. And I think that's part of my autism. like experiencing the same things that I love to experience, but also like observing another person 
as to how they're gonna react to something that you already know is gonna happen. It doesn't just stop at experiencing and re-watching the same thing again and again. I also wanna dive in deeper. So for example, searching up the zodiac signs of the actors and actresses and director and cinematographer. I also wanna go and watch the audition tapes for the movie. I wanna watch how they built the sets. I wanna watch how they created the soundtrack and music for the movie. I wanna watch how they did the makeup. You know, everything that goes into the creation of the movie, special effects, makeup, costume, all that stuff. If I could find that content, I will go and watch it. And the people that are super close to me in my personal life have seen me in these moments where I just get so hyper-focused on one thing that I cannot stop researching and watching it again and again and again. And I just wanna know more and more and more about it, all of that kind of stuff. Another thing that I've always felt an aversion to as well, and this kind of correlates to the other traits that I touched on in the beginning of this video, is I hate sleepovers. I hated sleepovers when I was little, and I don't like staying at other people's places. And I'm very, very particular as well when I'm traveling where I'm staying because of the sensory experiences of being in another environment other than your own. And I think a lot of it has to do with the cleanliness of the environment is one of them. Another thing is the smells. A lot of the times I, I don't like the smells of other things and people that I'm not used to. I don't like the smells of things being lived in. I like smells of cleanliness though. So if someone's living space is clean and it smells very neutral or it smells like perfume or cleaning products, that's okay with me. Like I could literally smell when something is clean and well-kept. But if there's any ounce of just like someone else's body odor or pheromones or any sort of dust or mildew or dirt, it's just immediately grosses me out. I remember in the few occasions where I had sleepovers when I was young and as a teenager, I almost like couldn't sleep. I remember laying awake like the whole night because I was so uncomfortable. And as well, a part of that is just like not knowing what to expect within your environment, like from the people or where anything is, like not knowing where anything is or what's gonna happen is just like really uncomfortable. I think that's the difference between, for example, autism and let's say BPD or PTSD is, it's it's like a specific type of hypervigilance, but it's not because you're scared or that you don't trust what's gonna happen and you're scared you're in danger. It's, it's this hypervigilance because of the sensory experiences is just very uncomfortable for you and it makes you so uncomfortable that you can't seem to relax. So for example, the smells are so intense for me and the lighting and not knowing where anything is that I couldn't fall asleep at sleepovers or I couldn't feel fully relaxed when I was staying with a friend at her place, you know, things like that. So I'm gonna end this video with one more trait and that is I struggle really hard with numbers and names. I'm not quite sure why this is. I do know it's probably a part of my processing issues associated with the autism, but I've always been really, really bad at math and numbers. And it's not just a normal amount of not being able to understand or comprehend it, but it's literally the inability to even conceptualize it 
at all. Like whenever there's anything that's associated with numbers being brought up in a conversation, immediately I just check out. I can't understand it. I can't comprehend it. And a lot of the times people tell me throughout my life, like you, if you tried hard enough, if you sit down and you try to understand it, you will. I can't. Like I, I can't explain enough to someone that I cannot comprehend it and it's not because I don't want to and it's not because I'm not trying hard enough and this part is really frustrating for me and I'm sure is for others out there as well that resonates with this and there is a specific learning disorder that's associated to numbers if I find it I'll put the screenshot of it here that is associated with the inability to comprehend and understand numbers and I feel like I have that. Like, I'm really, really bad with it. For the longest time, I didn't have a credit card, you guys, because I just couldn't understand the concept of spending money that you don't have. Like, spending money and then paying it back later and not necessarily knowing how to keep track of whether or not you have that amount before spending it. And that, like, really stressed me out. And so, like, a lot of my friends around me were getting credit cards at a certain age and I just completely avoided it as long as I could. Finally, my partner started to convince me to get a credit card because I'm an adult and he was like, you have to build credit. And he sat down with me and tried to explain to me how credit cards work and finally got me to understand it. And as well, like, I could remember the voice of someone, their height, every detail of their face, their style, their hair color, their texture of their hair, the outfit they wore. I could remember all those things, but I cannot remember their name. Throughout my past jobs, it literally took me months before I remembered people's names. These are people I saw like every day. And it's not because I'm not trying to remember, it's like this inability to retain that information. A lot of the times I remembered their zodiac sign before I remembered their name. So those are kind of like my unique traits of autism. Let me know you guys if any of you relate to any of these traits, I'd be super, super curious to know. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to my channel. I make new videos every single week. A lot of my content centers around autism awareness. So if you resonate with my content whatsoever, join my community. With that being said, I will see you guys on next week's video. Bye.